This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Do you guys know the passenger that is when you're driving every few minutes, every seconds, every bump or so, they're like, (gasps) or they grab the car, or they like hold on tight to something, and they're like, oh my gosh. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Husbands, don't look at your wives. Wives, don't look at your husbands. Um, Just so you guys know, that is me. That is my life. I am that passenger. Only for Richard, though. I can suppress it with anyone else. I can be cool, calm, collected. But if Richard is driving, I am like, we are going to crash any second right now. And so I am just like always like we'll be driving and we'll bump something. I go, ah, Richard! And he'll go, we'll like break. like, Carmen, you have to stop doing that. I'm going to crash because, because of you. Not because of any other car, but because you keep distracting me. And so that is my life. That might be your life too. If it is, own it and be that person. I'm getting better. I'm being a lot more quiet. I might like grab the, the seat next to me and Richard goes, I see that hand over there. And I was like, hey, but I didn't scream this time. It's progress. So there is definitely um, just areas of my life that I like to have control. I just want to have control in certain areas of my life. And I think that we can all relate to that same thing. You may not need to have control when you're driving because maybe you're the driver, whatever that is. But maybe you like to have control over your finances. Maybe you like to have control in your marriage. Maybe you like to have control in your relationships that you have. Maybe you like to have control over your little kids. I love to have, yes, I love to have control over that, Um, but maybe not in a healthy way. But so there is so many areas of our life that we crave control because we want to know that everything is going to be okay because we know what's best, right? Right. Like we can, we can say, no, we don't know what's best, but that's just the reality of it. I'm here to say that's what I think. Sometimes I think I know what's best when that's not the reality. So today we're talking about The prayer of relinquishment. The first week we talked about praying through our struggles, that even when it's hard and even when we have unbelief, that we can still pray through that. Then we talked about praying through the success, that when things are good, that we keep praying and we keep recognizing that this is from God. And then last week we talked about praying through Scripture and how powerful it is to take God's words and just audibly say them out loud in prayer, that he is good and and repeat his promises. And so today we're talking about the prayer of relinquishment. Now, to relinquish means that you are voluntarily ceasing to keep and claim, that you are giving up. So we're going to call this prayer the prayer of surrender. So that's what we're going to talk about today, surrendering the things in our life that we hold on to so tightly. So let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your love and your grace. God, I thank you for this message of surrender, God. God, I know it's a message that I am constantly just battling in my life, God. And I pray that that your words would be spoken today and that we can live a life surrendered to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to look in two um, parts of the Bible today for talking about the prayer of relinquishment. And the first area that we're going to go to is the Garden of Gethsemane. So the Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus was the night before he got crucified, the night before he was getting taken away to save the world, okay? And he is just, just sweating, 
he is just, he's just sweating. The, the Bible talks about how it was like blood-like sweat. He was just, he was almost like in this agony. And, and this is what the scripture says in Luke 22, um, verse 42. It says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. You see, we learn about the first part of this relinquishment in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus says this. He says, he's praying. He's asking for something. He's sweating. He's like, Father, if you can take this away from me. God, if we can save the world in another way, can we do that right now? I don't want to do this. If there's a way that this can pass for me, can, can this happen? Like, come on. And we see Jesus, he's just saying, listen, because Jesus, he's, we can see ourselves in him. He's not there in the Garden of Gethsemane pumping iron, drinking his, his what's that the protein milk called? I don't know, whatever. What? Muscle milk. Yes, that's what I was looking for. He's not in the garden sipping on his muscle milk like Kermit the Frog, like that ain't none of my business. No. He's like, that is my business. And even though I don't want this, I know that I can give this to God. He's, he's showing us that he is laying down the complete laying down of the human will in that garden. When he says, Father, if you are willing, take this from me. And then he says, but yet not my will, but yours be done. I don't know about you guys, but I can say this for myself, that my cry in my daily life is whatever I want is what I want. Let it go. My will, my way, or the highway. <laughs> don't ask Richard that because he'll agree. So listen, that's just how it is if we can be honest and truthful with ourselves is we would rather see things the way we want to see them. I know I, I kind of picture it like this with God with my relationship. When I see Olivia doing something the complete wrong way, and I should let her learn and whatever. I just want to control it and say, no, do it this way. This is how it's supposed to happen. And all these things. And she'll be like, no, I'll do it my way. I'm sure that's what it's like with me and God. God's like, listen, Carmen, I got this. Just, just chill. And I'm like, no, let me do it my way. That's how I picture me and God's relationship sometimes. And so in the garden, we're learning that we don't need to trust our own thoughts, that Jesus shows us that there is a better way, even in the hardest moments of life. Even when he's the day before he's about to be crucified, we see him saying, all right, not my will, but yours be done. You see, sometimes we can be like, yeah, we can do this whole God thing. Yeah, we can do this. We can do that. Yeah, sure. Until it comes against what we want. Then we draw the line. And we say, oh, whoa, 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 wait, Poppy. I don't know if you call God Poppy. If you're Spanish, maybe you do. So listen, you're like, whoa, 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 wait. This isn't my plan. This isn't what I had going. This is not right. This was okay, but now that you're trying to send me this way, no, that's what we want to do. We want to say, yeah, we can do all this stuff until it goes against what we personally want. And then we want to completely fight it and doubt it. But Jesus, what he shows us is he teaches us that in that garden that he, we are able to yield to a higher power. I, I thought, of, I had this like thought in the first service that I don't know if you've ever seen those trucker hats that say Jesus is my boss. Has anyone ever seen that? Maybe that's something in the South, okay? Maybe that's a Southern thing. I'm from Florida. So there would be people that would have these trucker hats that say Jesus is my boss. So I said Jesus could have easily in that garden pulled out his hat and said I'm the boss. 
and we're going to do this my way. But he shows us being Jesus, being the man, being the one that turned water into wine, doing all these miracles, that there is still a better way. And that way was God's way. And so... There's another thing that I want us to talk about with relinquishment. We see how God is just laying down his human will. But then another verse I want to go to is, is written by this guy named Paul. And you've probably heard about Paul a lot. And if you haven't, Paul is he's an awesome um, person in the Bible. And he just has this crazy awesome transformation from killing Christians to just completely devoting his life to, to Christ. And this next um, point that I want to give you is this. With relinquishment, with the prayer of relinquishment, that we can let go with hope, that we can let go with hope because relinquish, to relinquish is to give up. But not only are we giving this up, we are giving it up with hope. And this is what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Right there, that line. I have been crucified with Christ. That's the relinquishment. Because relinquishment is this transformation, this crucifixion of our personality, of what we want. Because our natural instinct of life and what we want is not always lined up with God. He's saying, I have been crucified in Christ. But then I love this part. And this is where the hope comes in, letting go with hope. He said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the hope. The hope is, is that when we carry all these burdens and these anxieties and these thoughts, and we want to try to fix them, and we want to try them to do them our way, we don't need to hold on to them. When Paul says that I am crucified in Christ, it's not me, but Christ who lives in me. He's saying, listen, I'm surrendering all of this, and I am giving it to God. It's letting go, but then you see that hope in there because Christ is our hope. What he did for us gives us hope. Him dying on the cross brings us hope. So he is not only letting go of his problems, but he is picking up hope. If you've been here before, you've heard Richard talk about, through his point of view of, of me getting pregnant with our, the most recent son I had, Diego. Well, I only have one son, so not most recent. That didn't come out right. <laughs> And, and, from, and he'll tell it that, you know, we tried for years and then we finally got pregnant and it was the best thing ever. And, and he is the best thing ever, so quote me on that. But there is a part of this story that is not said, and that's this. A year ago, this weekend actually, a year ago is when I took that pregnancy test in my bathroom. Tears of joy, crying, hugging Richard. I just couldn't believe it. But... What isn't said is a couple weeks earlier, we were doing a prayer series in church, too, and we were doing prayer and fasting. So I know you're thinking, I know what you did, Carmen. You fasted for a baby. Well, no, I didn't. I was so upset. I was so broken. I was so hurt that I decided on January 1st that I was not going to pray for a baby anymore and that I was going to completely give up. And I had no hope. None. I just was at a point where I just could not even, I was, I was focusing on all of the ways that I could fix this and not leaning in on God. I was taking the vitamins, I was reading the articles, I was just trying all the things that could maybe fix my situation and my problem. So when we found out I was pregnant, which was like Friday of last year, one year ago today, I 
I was so happy until I wasn't happy. I actually remember I was talking to Jackie Dunkelberg about it in church, I think that next weekend, and I said, I just, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I should be feeling. And I realized it's because I lost hope. You see, sometimes in our situations, in our circumstances, in our anxieties, guys, you may not relate to getting pregnant. I understand that. But there's something else in your life that you have felt defeated in, that you have given up hope, that you have let your anxieties and your worries and your doubts take over, and you've just given up, and you said, I'm not going to worry about it, but then you've completely lost hope. We see in Galatians when Paul says, it's not I who lives, but Christ in me. I spent weeks and weeks in that chair over there, going through the motions, concealing, not feeling, without hope. Without thinking that, feeling almost ashamed coming to God, knowing that he had given me this beautiful promise in a time that I may not have wanted it, but he still gave it to me. But yet because of my doubt and my unbelief, and because I just gave it up but not even surrendering it, not even just giving it to him to the way that I was supposed to, I spent time saying, God, I'm sorry that I didn't have that hope in you, that I didn't know that just because it wasn't my timeline doesn't mean that it wasn't your timeline. All that to say is I don't know what area in your life that you need to surrender to God today. To fully and completely relinquish to God. To release control. You see, when I'm in the passenger seat in the car, and if a big truck goes by, that truck is going to appear a lot closer to me than to Richard. And it's, it's probably going to freak me out a lot more if it shakes the car, if it gets close. And I might react a certain way because it looks scary and it looks like it might hit us. But on Richard's side, where he's on a different part of the lane, what he sees is completely different from me. The same thing is with Jesus, with God. How we see things, how things appear to us, they seem scary. They seem unknown. They seem like it could hurt us. And God's over here in the driver's seat saying, listen, it's fine. It's the, the truck is like five feet away, even though you think it's five inches away. He knows what's best. He knows what's going on, even when we can't see. Even when we think it's scary and we just don't know. He knows what's going on. Whatever it is that, that you need to release this control of, whether it's your health, maybe it's an unknown um, doctor's report. Maybe it's your finances because it, you don't have enough zeros after that one and you just feel like you need to control and manipulate it to get it to be something better. Maybe it's your relationship. Maybe it's your, your marriage. Maybe it's your friendships. Maybe it's this feeling that you are alone and you just don't know what to do. We can be wise and we can do the right things that we're supposed to do, but we can also give that control to God and hope in him that he's going to make a way when there's not a way that we can see. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says this. It says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And I'm going to say that again, the first part. 
some, some different versions of the Bible will say different things. Sometimes they'll say, cast all your worries on him. Sometimes they'll say, cast all your anxieties on him. Cast all your doubt on him. Cast all your plans that you think it was going to be on him, whatever it is. Because he truly and deeply cares for you. He sees you. He knows you. Whether you verbalize it or not. See, I was, no one would have known other than Richard. And that time I shared with Jackie that I was standing there feeling broken inside. I didn't want to express my emotions. I didn't want to feel them. But I knew that God knew them. So whether you express them or not, he knows your needs and he knows your worries. And he knows what keeps you up at night. And he, he knows what, what the thoughts that wake you up in the morning, maybe their fears, he knows them. And he says in First Peter, he says, cast all your care on me because I care for you. That gives me such hope to know that when we sing these songs and when we pray, that we're not just praying to a statue or we're just praying to an empty void. That we're praying to someone that truly and deeply cares for us. And we see not only with Jesus as his example, one of my prayers is that I would always be a face of Jesus where I'm at. And we see in that garden that he himself had to surrender. He didn't have to be all big, bad, and bougie Jesus and say, I ain't going to do this no more. Or we're just going to do this another way. He humbled himself. And he, the next day knew, he said, this is your will because you know. You know what's right. There's three um, reminders that I want you to take away today. And they're going to come up on the screen, and they're this. God's way is the best way. That seems kind of like, yeah, okay. But we see that with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he completely yields to a higher authority. Even though he could have changed it, he completely puts that aside. And we see that he recognizes that God's way is the best way. The next one is to let go of control. Whatever that is in your life. You could not be in, you may not be in a season of that, or you might have been, or you might, and it may be something small and it may be something big. But there's areas in our life that we try to control. Whether it be a, a better job title or an advancement. Whether it be um, trying to control your spouse both ways. Whether it be your finances. Whether it be your health. Let go of that control. But here is the part that goes with that. Never lose hope. Never lose hope. That you can let go of what you hold on to so tightly to keep it close to you because it makes you feel comfortable. But you can let it go. And not only can you let it go, but you can let it go and hope and know that God is still good. That he does have a plan for you and that it is for good and that it may not be in your timeline and it may not look the way that you want it to look but don't lose hope when Paul says I have been crucified in Christ and then he says but Christ but it's no longer I who live but Christ in me 
that he's taking all of those burdens. He's taking all of those anxieties and those doubts and those worries. And he's saying, I don't want them anymore. I don't need to live with this heaviness. I don't need to live with doubt and fear and shame and pain. I can surrender that to you because you are the boss. I'm not the boss. When you're at your job and something goes wrong, if you're the boss, this doesn't apply to you. But if you're not the boss, you look up to the boss. That's who they go to. You don't have to hold on to this. You don't have to hold on to that. whatever is making you feel like you need to control it. When we talk about relinquish, it says um, that you voluntarily cease to keep or claim. We shouldn't hold something so tightly to us that we can't let God come into it. There should be nothing that we hold on too tightly that God can't get up in our mess. We should never hold on to that. I can speak from personal experience. I gave up and I lost hope. And that's so hard for me to say because I don't want to show what is going on. But I lost hope in a God who gave me hope, who, could, who I could have ran to, who I could have clinged to. He knew what I was going through. I let go with no hope what you're going through in your life right now or in someone else's life. It may not even be your life right now. Your life might be tulips and daisies, but someone else might be struggling that you know, giving up control or worries or anxieties. Be their hope. Be their hope. Be someone's hope today because he is a God of hope. He is a God of restoration. He makes all things new. And whether that happens in our timeline or his timeline, it's, it's his way. God's way is best. Let go of control and never lose hope. On your chair, there is a prayer of surrender. It's going to come up on the screen. You can look at the screen or you can hold this paper. If you don't have a paper next to you, there's extra papers that you can grab. But I'm going to read this prayer to you. This is an actual prayer of surrender. And, and I wanted to print this out because I wanted you to take this home and put it on your fridge, put it in your car, put it somewhere because sometimes when we don't know what to pray, this can help you. And this is what it says. It says, I surrender myself to you, Lord, and ask you to put an end to my restlessness. I give you my will. I do not believe any longer than I can answer myself. What I am doing and what is happening through me, lead me and show me your will. I give up my thoughts. I do not believe any longer that I'm so intelligent that I can understand myself, my whole life, or other people. Teach me to think your thoughts. I give you my plans. I do not belong any longer. I do not believe any longer that my life finds meaning in what I reach through my plans. I entrust myself to your plan, for you know me. My anxiety about other people, I give it to you. I do not believe any longer that with my anxiety, I can improve anything. That remains with you. Why should I be anxious? My anxiety about the power of others, I give to you. You were powerless before the mighty. The mighty have fallen and you live. My fear of my own failures, I give it to you. I do not have to be a successful person if I wish to be one blessed according to your will. 
all insolvable questions, all discontent with myself, all my cramped hopes, I give to you. I give up running into locked doors and wait for and wait for you. You will open them. I give you myself. I belong to you, Lord. You have me in your hand, and I thank you. I give you my will. I give you my thoughts, those things that we keep hidden from everyone around us, the things that we think that are, that we don't want anyone else to know, that we just give them to God. Our plans, what we want our lives to look like, we give that over to him. Our anxiety, anxiety is at an all-time high in this nation. And it says, I am giving you my anxiety even when I don't want to, even though I want to hold on to it. I'm giving you these anxious thoughts that I have about my life, about my family, about this world. I'm giving you my anxiety, my fear of my own failures. That's a big one for me. I don't want to fail. I give you that, my fear of my own failures. Any questions, any discontent, I give it to you. And the last part says, I give you myself. I belong to you. And I love this part. It says, you hold me in your hand. That is a prayer of relinquishment, a prayer of surrender, wholly and fully to Jesus. So I hope you take this this week. And this is what we're going to do. Lauren and the band are going to play for a little bit. And during that time, I want you to get personal. I don't know your circumstance and I don't know your situation. But I do know, if I can be honest with myself, there's many areas of my life that I need to release control still today. And I need to surrender. And I say, God... This doesn't look how I want it to look, but that's okay because I'm giving it to you. And not only am I giving it to you, I'm hoping in you because you are a good and you are a faithful God. Whatever that is in your life, during this time as she plays the music, look over this prayer and make it personal. Maybe it looks like, God, help me with this. God, I'm giving you my anxiety about my job. I'm giving you my worries about my children. I'm giving you my worries about what my, my next step is, my purpose, my plan. I'm trusting in you. Take that time to spend it with him. Before we get to another song, before we take another moment, take some time talking to God with this prayer of surrender. Not only can you let go, but you can let go with hope. And like I said, and I think this is important. If you have that hope, cling on to that hope so tight. And when you see people in your everyday life, and you're going to see them that are hopeless. Like Tony said. Tony said that he went to the office depot and said, good morning. And the guy said, not really. They're out there. You spread that hope to other people. Because we desperately need it. We desperately need hope. And he gives it. Let's pray. God. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, 
visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.